Welcome. This is the second episode of This Side of Happy. Uh, This is your host, Jeremy. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode, it just brings to light a lot of the things that I've been through over the past year. And if you'd like to give that a listen, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, I'd like to begin this like I think I will every episode, where I stress that if you are struggling, if you are having a difficult time, please seek help in whatever way you might need it. It is possible that you would benefit from one-on-one therapy. It's possible you would benefit from a group support environment. I can't say what would work for you, but this is not meant to be any sort of replacement for your own mental health needs. Now, the title of this episode is called Choice and Control. What I aim to explore in this episode is primarily what is control? What is the idea of control that humans are so attached to? And furthermore, why are we attached to the idea of control? We'll then be able to explore what actually is within our control. And whenever things may not be in our control and we recognize it, we'll be able to use certain tools that will allow us to let go of certain facets of our worries. So what is control? Control simply is the perceived influence that we have on the world around us and on our lives. I really want to stress the word perceived because we do believe that when we make a choice and there is an outcome that is in alignment with what we expected, we believe that we had control over that outcome. I hate to burst your bubble, but we do not have control over that outcome. If it is external to us, we may have an influence, we may make decisions that can lead in the direction of those outcomes, but there is no guarantee that those outcomes will ever come. And I believe that that's okay. I believe that that is just a very normal part of what makes us human. The human mind is so well wired to find connections with things and find meaning behind events that occur in our lives. So when our choices lead to a desired outcome, we perceive that we controlled that outcome, which we did not. We merely made choices that were in alignment with something we wanted to happen. Many things are so mundane in our lives that they end up resulting in that outcome anyway. We see it all the time. We see ourselves making a decision to go to the grocery store and get a list of things that we may need for what we plan on making for food that week. When we have an appointment that we need to make it on time for. We leave at a certain time, we get there at a certain time. It's all 
managed by our expectations. But we do not have the control that we think we do. And that's not a bad thing. I would argue that we have control over essentially two things. We have control over what we do, and we have control over what we say. We don't even have control over the emotions that we experience. We don't have control over the thoughts that we think, the ways that our mind falls into the same thought patterns. That's not our fault. That's not our, really even our choice. It's just how the brain operates. When we acknowledge what we have control over, it removes us from the required result or the attachment we have to what that expectation is. Once we do that, life becomes a lot simpler. It gives us an opportunity to accept life as it is, which is really one of the key aspects of happiness. In Buddhism, there's a very simple definition for what happiness is. Happiness is simply accepting reality as it is. Nothing more. And I am a very huge proponent for accepting things as they are because when we do, we can experience a baseline that is based in reality. It's based in the truth of what our lives are. It's not to say that life will not be uncomfortable. It's not to say that life will not be difficult or even feel like suffering at times. That is the guarantee that life has. Again, in Buddhism, one of the first aspects we must learn is that life is discomfort. Life is suffering. Life is pain. Life simply is those things. It is not that it contains those things, but it is those things. But what we choose to do with that is up to us. So we understand that control is the perceived influence we have on the world around us. We also understand that the things we truly have control over are twofold. It is the things we say and the things that we do. Everything else is really outside of our control. So how do we recognize whenever something's not in our control? There's a book that I read recently called The Courage to be Disliked. It was written as a dialogue between a philosopher and a young man who meet and agree to have conversations about happiness at the old man's house. He's named philosopher in the book, and the young man is just named youth. The entire point of the book is the philosopher is arguing to this young man that happiness is a choice, while the young man continues to try and argue why it is not. One aspect of this book that really resonated with me, and I do recommend if you want to give that book a shot, it is pretty interesting. It has some good arguments, has some good framing. The main takeaway I had from that book is how we delegate tasks in our mind. When confronted with 
any circumstance in life, when you're going to have an interview and maybe you get a little nervous or maybe you're going to go on a date, which I've experienced this recently, you go on a date or you have an interview and you have this idea of how you want this to go. You want to get hired. You want the other person to like you. You want there to be a connection. We must ask ourselves a very, very simple question. Simply, whose task is this? Whose task is it that I get hired? Whose task is it that this person feels something for me? We attach ourselves to the outcome of things so often that we want to have control over it, but we don't. Another person's life is just as complex and just as difficult, or even more so, or even or maybe less so, than ours. But we make an assumption in our minds that the way that another person is going to perceive us is up to us. And that's the exciting part, is it's not. It is not within our control if another person appreciates the things that we say, appreciates the person that we are. We all inherently have value, and we have something to offer. But it is not our task for the other person to like us. It is not our task for the company to hire us. It is simply our task to step out into the world, whether professionally, personally, romantically, however, and do our best. If we go out into the world and do our best and be as authentic to ourselves as we can, then the rest is just a cherry on top. If another person happens to have a connection with us and they want us back, that's amazing. But there's a, there, there's a countless number of reasons why another person may not want us back. And most of the time, it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with who we are as a person, but rather what their personal preferences are. So next time you're confronted with maybe a a new romantic experience or a new professional opportunity. Prepare the best way you can. If it's a job interview, maybe scrub up on some technical aspects of what you might need to know for the job. Go in, be yourself, and hope for the best. Doing this will change your life. It will help you detach from outcomes much better because we realize that the outcome is not in our control ever. Anecdotally, I've decided whenever I go on dates now, even at the beginning of the date, I'll meet them in person. I'll say, hey, thanks for meeting with me. And I will tell them, oh, by the way, if at any point you're, you're not really feeling this, you know, we can get a drink, we can get coffee, we can get some food. And if you're not feeling it, please just be transparent with me. I will not be offended. And I would like to encourage more people to be able to do that. I want people that I go on dates with, I want women to feel comfortable with me and feel like they can just be transparent with me. There was this one woman that I was talking to recently. We went on one date and I had a great time. I felt like she had a pretty good time. 
and we chatted for almost a week and we were supposed to have a second date and unfortunately it fell through. She ultimately decided not to move forward with me and it upset me briefly. I felt within my emotions for a little bit, but I was grateful that I at least had, you know, a few days to get to know her a little bit better and and looking forward to hopefully continuing, you know, dating her. But again, it wasn't my task for her to decide that. That was up to her. And I was happy that she was transparent with me. And I wished her the best. And she wished me the best. And that's where it is now. And that's okay. So my recommendation is this. Keep your hopes high. Hope that things go well. Hope that things turn out a certain way. But do not attach yourself to the expectation that they will turn out anyway because it's not our task on how those things end up. We have many choices in our lives that yield results that are in alignment with what we expect. Whenever we're in high school, we're asked what college we want to go to. We think about it. We decide to go. We decide to get the degree that we want to pursue. We decide to get a job in that field. And sometimes life doesn't do that for us. Sometimes life takes a completely different path. But that's the beautiful and exciting part for me is we don't know where it's going. Every day could be completely outside of our expectations in a great way. Of course, there are days that'll, that'll surprise us in ways that we'd prefer them not to. That's life. That is how life will go. But in the day-to-day in days where we don't get surprised like that. Let's try and focus on what we can control. Let's control how we act with the people we care about. Let's control what we say to the people we care about. Let's try and practice a little bit more honesty in the words that we say because that's all within our control. Doing that is a wonderful part of being a human being. We can only control how we act slash react because reaction is still an action and how we communicate with the world around us. That's it. That's all we have control over. We cannot even control who decides to listen. Me doing this podcast, I know a few people listen to my last episode. I want to thank you all for giving me a chance. If more people hear this stuff, great. If not, that's outside of my control, but it is my responsibility to try And that is within my control to put my heart into this and do my best. And you all can do that too. A common adage that I've heard a few times is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% what you do with it. And that's tough because most of life is things that happen to us that we don't have control over. But mentally the power we have to do with those things what we would like to do is is great. Most of the ways we interact with the world around us is by how we act and how we communicate. So when we're confronted with something that worries us, all I ask Simply ask yourself the question, whose task is this really?
Whose responsibility is this? I decided, because this is my podcast, and I'm just going to give it a shot, because why not, that I'm going to give a recommendation to anyone who wants to try something new, wants to maybe get out of their head a little bit. I journal pretty much every day. Some people might think that's silly. That's okay. What I found is whenever I put words out on paper, it helps me see them, which provides an additional dimension to my worries and my thoughts. So if you don't journal, maybe give it a shot. It might be something that actually works for you. It might not be. If it is something you try, my, for lack of a better word, assignment for you for this episode is to write down, let's say, five to ten things that you're worried about right now. You may only be worried about one thing. There may be one thing that's really on your mind that's really bothering you. I can't attest to what it is. I can't say the severity of that thing. But I'd like you to write it down on paper. After you've done that, I want you to ask, whose task is this? What control do I have over this situation? If it's something you don't have control over, cross it out and instead write a couple of actions you can take to diminish your worries about that as much as possible. Try to locate in your mind where you have control in that circumstance. You may have zero, but you may have a little bit, and it might be a little bit more than you're really giving yourself credit for. But remember, what you do and what you say are all you have control over. Some may argue that that you feel you have more control than that. Simply put, I would disagree. (laughs) So if you recognize that, and you look at all the things that might be worrying you, delegate the tasks out. Delegate them to those whose responsibility is. For example, I hate flying. Flying really freaks me out because if something were to go wrong, I know I have no control. And I'm supposed to go on a flight this upcoming week. But I'm hoping that whenever I get on that plane, I can delegate that task to who's responsible. I'm not responsible for that plane flying safely. I'm not responsible for it taking off correctly and landing correctly. It is not my task. It's just... I get on, and I hope for the best. And my hope is that you can approach your anxieties the same way. Doing that will hopefully quell some of your worries. And I'd like to inspire people or help people worry a little bit less because we're all really anxious (laughs) a lot of the time. And we don't have to be. So when we start to use these tools, I believe they can really help us be grounded in what really is and what we might be disillusioned by. We do not have the control that we think we do. But we have the choice every day to understand what we can control and do our best with what we can control. My next episode, I plan on talking about 
a book I read called The Four Agreements, which is a spiritual self-help book, which is, of course, where I get a lot of the ideas that I talk about and plan on talking about because they've helped me tremendously. So we will talk about that next time. But I want to thank you all for giving this another chance. If this isn't for you, that's cool. I appreciate you you listening, even for as long as you may have. And I hope the best for you. I hope that you feel happy as much as possible. Just remember to do your best to accept reality as it is. If you're not ready to, if things are too painful, then I wish you luck on your path to getting where you want to be, where at baseline, at rest, you feel happy more often than not. Because doing things that lead to your happiness, that is your task. Thanks again, and I will talk to you next time.